Dude, I'm freaking... I'm scared. <laughs> Just start. I am freaking scared. <laughs> Dude, starting is hard. And I don't know why I'm so scared right now. So happy Thursday. Um, we're just going to jump right into this. So my name is Kylie. Hello. Good morning, afternoon, wherever, whatever time, whatever time it is. And we're just going to have a little conversation. Dude, I'm terrified. <laughs> I have been... I feel... I feel lost, if I'm going to be honest. And I feel like when I say that, I'm being dramatic. Because um, life is good. And I am so blessed. And God is so kind to me. And I have a great support system. I'm in a safe place. Um, but a lot has moved and changed in my life in the past year. As with, I'm sure, anybody. But right now, we're talking about me. <laughs> um, a lot has changed. I've done a lot of moving in the last year and um, displacement is tough. Um, I feel like most of the moving that I've done has not really been fully my choice. So a lot of it feels like it's out of control, you know? And a lot of the time when I think about my life and my story, I think about the story of Abraham and how God told him to go to the place where I will show you. And God did not show him where he was going to end up. But in, in everything, he, you know, he had a lot of pit stops. Um, and he just had to trust that where he was going, the zigzag that he was, you know, taking in his life journey was intentional and there was purpose. And that it was all going to make sense. Because right now, nothing makes sense to me. And I can imagine that Abraham was freaking scared. You know what I'm saying? That he was, you know, he had a, a wife and, and a family and he had to leave his family, you know, like his, his, what he's known his whole life. And he had to be scared, right? Like to walk into the unknown. And I, I'm bringing this up because I think it makes me feel related or relatable, not relatable, but like not alone, maybe. And like, you know, the past year of my life, I felt kind of like a nomad. Like, you know, I don't know where I'm going or what I'm doing. And sometimes when I'm in that mind space, I get into this deer in headlights mode where like, I just don't, don't do anything. And to be honest, I'm not actually sure that's true because to be real with you, something that is really tough for me is to stop, to rest, to, to not do something. You know, I'm in a season where at this point in my life, I'm actually forced to not do anything. Um, which oddly enough scares me, but also is comforting um, because I know I need it, even though it's uncomfortable, you know? And so, yeah, I, I think something that I'm wrestling with right now is that, so the past like seven months, I've been in um, a somewhat toxic living environment. And what I realized with the people around me that like know what's been going on, 
not all of them, but a lot of them. I feel like most of them, honestly. And maybe maybe this is just me putting it on myself because a lot of times, you know, when you have when you wrestle with an anxious mind, you let these lies penetrate your mind. So that's what I'm trying not to do. But this is what the reality seems like to me is that the people around me. I think now that I've been plucked out of that toxic situation and I'm in a very healthy environment that I should be completely fine. Um, and to be honest with you, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not fine. I, I feel disrupted. I feel displaced. I feel there. there's, there's about, there's not a balance. What is it? There's, so when you're in a healthy environment and then you are put into a toxic one, you can imagine just by, having an imagination, being a person, understanding situations that that can be very jarring, right? You go from a really healthy, safe, happy, secure environment to a very toxic one that can be jarring. But I think what a lot of people don't recognize is that if you go from something that's toxic and you become accustomed to it and used to it, that bumping back into a healthy environment can actually be just as jarring. Um, it can, it can, pull up the residue of all these like triggers, you know, all these, this overthinking, this, this, you know, it, it's almost like, where's the drama? You know, I know a lot of people I feel like can relate to this when they've been in toxic relationships or situationships, and then they're in a healthy one and they're like looking for the shoe to drop or looking for the cat to jump out of the bag. What's that saying? Is that the saying? Or they're looking for drama or trouble. So they create it, you know? And that's not what I'm doing, and that's not what all people do, but I'm trying to trying to give you a picture here of how when you're in a toxic situation, you come to a healthy one. It's not just like this this turn, turn, turn of a page, flip of a switch, and you're fine. Like, you have to adjust. Your body has to be comfortable and accustomed to not being so tense all the time, to not questioning what's going to happen or how things are going to shake out or tiptoeing around everybody because you don't want to mess with their emotions and trigger somebody to do something. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's not a flip of the switch. It, it's like tr your mind is, is confused. I mean, you know what? Let me just speak from my experience. Uh, my mind is confused. My mind, you know, I think a lot, I'm not in survival mode anymore. That's kind of how I think my brain feels because a lot of the living situation that I was in this past seven months has brought up and resurfaced past trauma that I had when I was a kid that I thought I was over, you know, um, and just reconciling with that. And also I'm grateful, you know, I'm grateful where I am now, of course, and I'm, I am happy. It's, it's nice to be in a healthy, safe space, but it's, it's tough, you know, you know, I think, uh, I think what's coming to my mind right now is like a lot of people who get injured and are in dangerous situations. Like for instance, if you are, you know, rock climbing in the Andes or whatever, and you get injured and you're by yourself, your body kicks into survival mode because God created some wild bodies. Our bodies are amazing. And these, the hormones that block your pain receptors will lower your pain. But when, what a lot of people who've experienced like trauma and they needed to be in survival mode, is they realize they experience the most pain when sur when help is coming, when they see that they've been they've been rescued, and it's because your body no longer needs to survive. It now is like okay, we don't have to survive. 
we're going to turn off all the pain, you know, blockers and all that stuff so that we can, you know, focus on now healing instead of just surviving. And when that happens, a lot of these people experience the most pain when they're in the safest, most secure place and position surrounded by people who can actually help them. So that's kind of the, um, the analogy that I have. And, you know, it's tough because when, when you get out of toxic situations and around toxic people, um, sometimes I think what I've recognized is sometimes I've re-picked up, I've picked up bad habits that I used to have. So like I used to really talk very negatively to myself internally and I was able to rid myself of that. God really helped deliver me from that. Um, and being where I was, I think I regained, you know, not regained, but, but brought back some of those thinking patterns that I like took so long to get rid of. (laughs) But the fact that I was able to get rid of them before, you know, is a good indication that I can do it again. So I'm not worried about that, but I'm just saying, you know, you pick up these habits from people, you know what I'm saying? Like something I recognize that I do, and I think I've done it my whole life, but I, I'm recognizing it heavy now is that I gaslight myself. I used to always be that person that was like, I'm fine. You know, a lot, you know, I'm fine. And I wasn't at all. And what happens, I recognize what happens when you do that. And that's just one form of gaslighting, by the way, yourself. (laughs) But what I recognize that happens when you do that is that, at least in my case, is that I don't know what I'm feeling because I'm so accustomed to saying I'm fine instead of trying to dissect what's actually going on in here and in here and and then I get to a place where I'm like am I fine maybe I am fine and I'm just tripping maybe maybe I'm just being dramatic maybe instead of actually sitting with myself and being like okay you're not fine listen you're not fine and it's okay to not be fine it's not that the thing is that I keep having to tell myself having emotions and feeling things is not the problem it's how you respond to that So when you gaslight yourself, that's toxic. That's the problem. When you gaslight how you're feeling, when you tell yourself you're not, you're fine and you're not, that's the toxic behavior. That's the thing you got to watch out for. It's not the fact that you're feeling not fine, you know? And so, yeah, I've had, I've had to come to terms with that. I've been dealing with that. Um, I have had this urge to like cry a lot, but I haven't done much crying. And I remember in like 2017 or 2018, um, I had the same thing going on where I would just be walking around and have this like dire urge to cry. Um, and, and so, so, you know, that's coming back up. I, 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 you know, I thought I ridded myself of that, but another thing that I'm learning is that life is a journey and that you go through seasons of ups and downs and, and turnarounds and all that kind of stuff. Um, Something else that I'm wrestling with is, is life, dude. <laughs> it's freaking life. Is that what we all wrestle with? It's freaking life. Um, I'm 25 and I think I anticipated I would be in a different season in my life, be in a different place in my life. And I'm not where I thought I was going to be, but I am, I like love who I'm becoming. Do you know what I'm saying? So the fact that I beat myself up because of that is ridiculous. Like I do love who I'm becoming and I have a long way to go. Like there's so many goals that I have and so many things I want to develop and so many, you know, and I want to become and morph and whatnot. But, um, 
but I love myself. So I don't know why I get down on myself like that, you know? Um, I guess it's the nature of being a human, but, but you know, that's something I'm also working on. <laughs> I, you know, being 25 and starting things now, right, that I feel like I should have started years ago or been consistent in years ago has also been weighing on me. And actually, I saw this uh, individual, I can't remember her name, but she was speaking directly to my spirit. Oh my gosh. She was talking about how you can't sit in your your sit in the shame or the the you know the negative self-talk when it comes to being to to not being consistent in something you wish you had been consistent in and she's like because the thing is is that god factored all that in he knew you weren't going to be consistent then he knew that this was going to happen but but you can't bring yourself down like maybe the season wasn't then maybe the season is now and i kind of it really hit me because i was like you know sometimes God will reveal something to you in an earlier season. And if we're not focused, you know, if we're not, not focused, but if we're not aware of what he's intending, you know, when he's intending to bring that to fruition, we might think our season is sooner than it is. So then we might become frustrated with ourselves and, and in that, um, be mad that we're not where we thought we were going to be or where we should, where we think we should be or whatever. So, so what's coming to my head right now, just to kind of bring this point home is Abraham and Sarah, God gave them, told them in a season that they were going to have a son. Abraham was also told, told that he was going to be the father of, of many nations. Right. And, you know, days, weeks, months, years went on and, and Sarah and Abraham are like, the heck? Like, where, 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 huh? I thought our season was then. They've been banging the whole time. You know they've been banging the whole time. And the fact that she's not conceiving, it's it's defeating, you know? Um, hope deferred makes the heart grow weary. <laughs> so so they're thinking it's their season because God said that they were going to do these things. They were He put these things on their heart for a reason. Abraham wanted to be a dad. Sarah wanted to be a mom. Like, he put these in their heart for a reason. And then he told them, he confirmed to them, God confirmed to them that he was, this was going to be their thing. They were going to have this promise of, of a child and have this promise of, of being recognized as a father and as a mother, you know, and their season wasn't happening. So I think they felt similar to how myself and probably many of you feel is like, well, why wasn't I consistent then? Why didn't it happen then? Why am I not you know, acting the way that I should act for this to happen. Now, I'm not saying be lazy, but I'm, I'm trying to help you give yourself grace because that's what I need right now. I need grace right now. I don't need discipline. I don't need to be motivated. I don't need, I need grace. That's what I need right now. So if you need grace, this is the message for you. Anyway, so if you see Abraham and Sarah, they're getting frustrated and, and complacent, you know? And so Sarah's like, listen, Clearly, we need to help speed this along. So she has Abraham sleep with her, with her maid. I'm pretty sure it was her maid. Um, and they and Abraham has a kid through her. That was not God's promise. And that's what I think happens sometimes when we get complacent and and waiting for God to to bring forth His promise. Again, I'm not saying be lazy, 
I'm not saying don't be consistent. I'm saying maybe the reason you couldn't be, you weren't consistent was because you're not the person you need to be to be consistent, which means you're not in the right season for it. So, you know, you have to have a certain level of wisdom, a certain level of determination, of discipline. You have to go through life and learn the things you need to learn to be the person you need to be when the right time, when it is the right time. And I don't think that we'll always know when the right time is. That's why you shouldn't put shame on yourself. Ooh, I'm speaking to myself. You shouldn't put shame on yourself for trying in one season and failing, quote unquote, because you didn't fail. You actually attempted. The fact that you attempted to be consistent, the fact that you attempted to start something is in itself a win. You, you know, um, what's his name? Uh, oh my gosh, the, the, the basement. What's his name? Why am I blanking? He does the basement podcast, but... Tim Ross, he says that what he, what we define, what many people define as a failure, he, he calls figuring out or finding out. So he says, if he tried something in one season and it didn't work, what most people would call a failure, he called finding out. He's like, I found out that wasn't for me, at least not in that season. I, I found out that that wasn't for me. I found out you're not failing at anything. If you're attempting, if you're trying, if you're seeking, if you're learning, if you're, you know, you're not failing, <laughs> you're not missing anything. Don't put shame on yourself. That don't make no sense. That's a waste of time. <laughs> and I'm not saying that it's easy to not do that because I obviously find it very difficult to not do that. That's a, right now in this season I, is really hard for me. Um, you know, I was making myself a little yogurt bowl and some coffee, some coffee. And I was thinking to myself like, man, I remember, I remember when I was like so happy. There was, um, a, like a period of like nine months where I was the happiest I'd ever been in my life. And this was right before I moved to Florida. So I lived in Florida for the past seven months. Um, and I lived by myself and the first like six months of me living by myself was very difficult. I was going through a lot. I was healing from a lot of things. I was dealing with a lot of things. And then the last like seven months were, I don't know. It just, they smacked, you know, they were dankies. They were fired. Um, and I was thinking about like how, you know, I was so happy. I want to get back to that point, but, but I don't, because you know what the person that I'm becoming in this period is awesome. And honestly, I am very uncomfortable. I am, I am happy, but I, I, I'm struggling. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I, I'm having, it's, it's hard. I don't even know what my point was saying all of that, but, but I, you know, I'm, I'm having a, I'm having a little bit of a rough time. And sometimes I feel bad about saying that. Like, we act like we're not allowed to have emotions if everything physically in our our world is okay. Like if my house is nice, if I can, you know, if I could just sit here, if I've got money, if I've got this, if I, you know, I can, I can't feel feelings. And that is a bold faced lie. Like you, your feelings still happen even when what we see and what we're, what we have is, is perfect. And you know what? Oh my gosh. Revelation is that the reason that is, is because everything is the spiritual realm is so much more, so much more real than the physical. So you can be battling with, you know, demons, or you could be battling with your mindset or with your words or your internal soul or your spirit or whatever it is. And the world look perfect, but that's why, oh my gosh, wow. That's why we can't feel bad when, 
things in the physical realm look good and we feel like poo-poo. You know what I'm saying? Because the physical is just, uh, it's but nothing. It's going to disappear one day, but our spirits, our souls, our mind, those things, our spirit's going to live on forever. That's, that's for the end of time. There's no end. That's uh, forever, always, indefinitely. So of course, like, like this is, we can't feel bad when we have feelings and everything in life is going well. God gave us feelings for a reason. Like Jesus felt feeling, he was all God, all human. He felt feelings and he had access. He had direct access. He was the, the be- he was God and he had everything he could possibly ever need and he still felt feelings. That tells me that I can still do the same thing. It's not that I have emotions, that's the problem. It's what I do with the emotions. How do I steward my emotions? How do I steward myself and my body? And you know what? That makes me think about something that's been really on my heart, um, which is selflessness and selfishness um, in relation to like self-care and like and like how we how we put ourselves in a place to have our cup filled before we try to fill other people's cup. Um, and that is, I'm, we're going to have to have a whole nother talk about that. Cause that is, I, I feel very strongly about it. My, 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 my position on it has changed over the course of maybe a year and a half. Um, because as, as somebody who, who has a relationship with, with God and, and is, a, and loves Jesus, it has been very difficult for my whole life to be like, let me take care of myself before I take care of other people. Um, because that's always felt selfish. That's always felt like, like negatively selfish, like bad selfish. Cause we're not supposed to be selfish, but we're also supposed to fill our cup before we fill other people. So if you want to call somebody self, Oh, I'm about to, should I stop? <laughs> this is my analogy. I'm just going to leave you with this is something that, that I had an epiphany of is that Jesus, like I said, we know he's all, he was all human and he is all God and he walked this earth and he spent 33, 30, 33, sorry, 30 years of his life doing whatever he was doing. Like we don't, we hear of Jesus once before he turned 30 to my knowledge. Yeah. Um, and he was like a little kid in a synagogue and his mama was like, boy, what you doing? He was like, I'm a being about my father's business woman. And then she said, you what? and took him away and we never saw him again. <laughs> I'm kidding. We saw him again, but not for like another 15 years. So my point is that we, we didn't see Jesus for 30 years because what he was doing was he was stewarding his himself. He was focusing on himself. He was filling his cup up with God and with learning how to be a carpenter and learning how to, you know, be a person in the world and navigate his emotions so that when it was time for his season to come, when he turned 30, he had a three year ministry till he's 33. The fact that God in the flesh was on this planet for 33 years and we only saw three years of him. We only got three years. If you want to call me being selfish because I need to not answer the phone call because I need to fill my cup up before I answer your phone call and help you out, then, then you might as, you could, you could call Jesus selfish. He wasn't selfish. He was the most selfless person ever, but he took 30 years to fill his own cup up before he started doing a single miracle before he started preaching his, his word, like, let that sink for a second. Like God was, Jesus was in 
a position to help everybody because he was on this planet for 33 years, but he only gave the planet three years. And they were the best three years ever because he filled his cup up for the first 30. Do you hear what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying about loving yourself and caring for yourself first? Stop acting like you gotta go help everybody else when you're 20, when you're 15, when you're 35, when you're 45. Like we have to realize that this world is so opposite to God. That's what the Bible says. It goes in opposition. So the world is telling us to hustle, to get to, you know, how to get successful, what success even means, you know? And God is like, listen, the way that I do my kingdom is not fast paced like that. Like if you see even Jesus, like, you know, your story of Lazarus, like he, he did not race to Lazarus to rise from the dead. He, in fact, he waited a little too long to my, to most people's liking. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So God is not in a rush. And he is not telling you to go save the world before you freaking work on yourself, save yourself. Like, I'm not saying that sounds, that sounds like not biblical. I'm not saying save yourself. No one can save you, but God, um, the fact that Jesus died and rose again and conquered hell, death and the grave, like that's how you're saved through by his stripes. Okay. But I'm saying you got to make sure you're good. You got to take time for you. I mean, even when Jesus was doing his ministry, he was saying he, he like would leave and go fill his cup up. Do you recognize that? Like he took time away to go do what he knew he needed to do to, to help himself, which was filling himself, having that relationship with God, having communion with him, which just means, you know, I should really look up the word communion, but I just want to, I'm just going to say for right now, what feels right is having conversation, having having a relationship, spending time with God. And, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, let me get off that because I could, I could go on that forever. But, but anyway, so back to what even was I saying? I don't even remember what I was saying, but yeah. So anyway, what else have I been, been thinking about? Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, the biggest thing on my mind was just how people feel about it. I think, you know, I bec- I think I expect myself to be okay now. I think I expect that since I've been pulled, plucked out of a toxic situation and put into a healthy environment that I should be okay. I am so thankful that I, that I am where I am now and I am with who I'm with now. Um, I also, I'm also, it's hard, dude. It's freaking difficult. Like trying to navigate how I feel, trying to navigate my next steps, trying to trust that God is going to provide for me where I need to be provided for. Cause I know he can, he's done it before. He can do it again. Y- y- yada, yada. Like I know this. Um, and so I, you know, living it is just, sometimes it can be hard. Sometimes it can be difficult. Sometimes it can feel defeating. Sometimes like I, yesterday, I, yesterday, not yesterday, today, I just wasn't in it. Like I'm thinking to myself, how am I going to get myself up and up and at them? You know what I'm saying? Like, how am I going to get myself to feel like doing anything? And, um, to be honest, I just, I mean, I didn't, I, I, I just did it. Um, it took a lot of pep talk, a lot of, a lot of, I was doing this thing earlier where I was like hitting my chest and I was like, I am enough. 
I am an heir to the, to the, uh, to the throne of God. I am like, just, <laughs> I am beautifully and wonderfully made. I was hitting my chest. Cause I, I know that sometime, not, I know I was, I, I was watching, oh my gosh, English. I was watching this, this Instagram reel and this girl was talking about, what was she talking about? I don't know. I just know that she was explaining how that could help release some tension in your body. So I decided to do that while speaking the truth, because you know what? Something else we're going to have to talk about is your words and how they affect your life. God, the, the word says that your, your tongue has a power of life and death which means that your tongue has power. Your words have power. Your words, this is not that witchcraft that people are talking about manifestation nowadays. That is witchcraft because the reason I'm calling it that is because you can't give glory to God if you're giving the glory to something else. So when you say manifestation in in a way, so I'll say manifesting, but I don't mean with my own power. The people that are talking about this without God in it are talking about through their own power. and you can't do nothing without God through his power. Okay. His power, you can manifest because you have the power of the Holy spirit. He made us in his image. And if you see in the beginning Genesis that he spoke things into existence. So if we're made in his image, that means we can speak into existence. But when you speak into existence, because all of us are humans, right? God created humans, the human race. We're not all his children, but he created that. You know what I'm saying? That because we're created in his image, we can do that. We have so much power as people, as humans, more than, more than we can even fathom, I think. Um, and we have a lot of power in our tongue and in our words. So you got to watch what you say, even to the smallest drop, because we can create reality. We can destroy reality. And, um, again, not by our own power. That's not the case. You are either doing it with, <laughs> you are doing it with the breath of God. So you can't tell me that you're doing it with your own power. You can manifest, but not with your own power, not with any other power other than God. Okay. Okay. Anyway. Um, yeah, I forgot where that point came from. I've just got a lot to say, I guess. Anyway. I think I'm going to cut it for today. I think that's going to be it. Um, I'm going to leave you with this is that sometimes you got to leave room, leave room for yourself to feel, leave room for yourself to not understand why you're feeling how you're feeling, but allow yourself to feel. Remember that it's not the emotions that you have that are the problem. It's, they're not a problem at all. It's, how you respond to those emotions. Cause we're going to feel things, but how are you going to respond to what you're feeling? How are you going to act? What are you going to say? How are you going to, you know, what are you going to say to yourself? You know, it starts here. You cannot give to other people what you don't give yourself. So if you're not going to give yourself grace, you can't give other people grace. And if you do give other people grace, when you don't give yourself grace, it's either going to be fake or it's going to come. It's, it's either, what is it? It's either going to be fake or you're going to end up presenting them later. So it's not going to be authentic comes from a, a place that's not of love. It's going to come from a place that's not of truth. And we don't want that. Um, so remember that sometimes we got to give ourselves grace. We have to take it day by day. This is not a rush. This is not a race. Life is a marathon. So you got to, you got to pace yourself. You got to ask God to help you pace yourself. You got to have what did Mike Todd say? The pace of grace. 
You do. Because sometimes we have seasons of hustle. We have seasons of grind. We have seasons of sowing. We have seasons of reaping. We have seasons of this and that and the other. And so sometimes you just got to take a step back. (laughs) You got to take a step back and uh, just give yourself a little bit of grace. Give yourself time. Give yourself a hug. Give your, you know what I'm saying? I don't even know if that made sense, but I hope that spoke to somebody. I believe that spoke to somebody because it spoke to me. So if it spoke to me, it spoke to somebody, at least one person. Um, But anyway, I hope you have a wonderful day. And it is, everything is going to be okay. It's going to all work out. Um, And you just got to remember that although it's not okay now, or it feels like it's not okay, that it will be okay. And even if your whole world physically looks good, you got money in the bank, you got a house that looks nice, it's clean, you got, you know, you're going on trips, but in here and in here, it doesn't feel good. That's okay. Because the world, we fight not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities of evil, right? Is that what the scripture is? <laughs> but basically, the spiritual realm is more real than what you see and what you what you hear, what you feel, what you... The spiritual realm is the realest thing that there is, even though we can't see it. So recognize that it's okay to feel like dookie, even when your whole world looks good. Don't make yourself feel bad because you feel bad when everything looks good around you, when you're blessed. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter if you're blessed or not. We see kings in the Bible that that are tormented, right? We, we We see people who are like kings and, you know, I just said that, <laughs> but my, you get my point. So stop making yourself feel bad for that. Let yourself feel emotions. Don't sit in it forever, but like actually work through those things. Like feeling your emotions is not passive. Feeling your emotions is completely active. Like you, you gotta be intentional. You gotta feel, and it does not feel good. It's uncomfortable. And then you gotta work through it. You got it. That's all active. You're not being lazy by letting yourself feel emotions and working through them and healing. And this is going to be a cycle that you take on for the rest of your life. So you better get used to it. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so, so let's just not make ourselves feel bad anymore. Let's work hard to speak kindly to ourselves and to, to give ourselves the benefit of the doubt, just like we've been given everybody else. And if you're one of those people that don't give people the benefit of the doubt, then you have other things to work on and we all have things to work on. So that's okay. But anyway, everything's going to be okay, even if it's not okay now. You are wonderfully and beautifully made. And honestly, you are so loved. Like, you don't even know. I love you, but God loves you. Like, oh my gosh. He's obsessed with you. You are his masterpiece. So, um, I love you. God loves you. Have a wonderful rest of your day, whatever time it is. And, um... Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for joining. Don't forget to subscribe, to like, to comment, to whatever it is that that you're supposed to do on these things. And um, I'll catch you guys later.